Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Obscura podcast, where we talk about and review movies that we consider to be hidden gems or are just plain not talked about enough. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Gutierrez, along with fellow co-host podcast editor, James Fife. Hola. <laughs> Here today, we have staff writers Lawrence Charles and Gavin Hudson. What's up, guys? What's Hello. going on? Um, so in this show, we split into two groups, James and I in one group, Lawrence and Gavin in the other. Each group came up with a list of three movies where the opposite group had to pick a movie and watch it. And for this episode, we made it a rule to have each list horror-themed, since it's spooky season and Halloween is right around the corner. James, you want to give our, our list? Sure. Um, so, we gave you Wicker Man, starring Nicolas Cage and Ellen Burstyn, Jacob's Ladder, starring Tim Robbins and Elizabeth Pena, and Mulholland Drive, starring Justin Thoreau, Naomi Watts, and Laura Herring, and directed by uh, David, David Lynch. Lynch. Our list was The Lighthouse, starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Antlers, uh, starring Jeremy T. Thomas and Carrie Russell. And Wish Upon, uh, starring Joey King and Ryan Felipe. Well, I think me and James like have a lot to say about The Lighthouse. And oh, yeah, that's the movie we chose. We chose oh. Lighthouse. <laughs> ah, I was hoping you would. Yeah, I, yeah. I was hoping you'd choose Wish Upon. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Or Antlers. Okay. So, um, um, so uh, yeah. wait, 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 what movie did you guys pick? We picked Mulholland Drive. <laughs> this episode's going to be so freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> Wait, am I allowed to get my thoughts on Mulholland Drive already? Or no, no, wait. We'll set you right. up. I, I got so, Lighthouse. Lighthouse. So. Uh, what do you questions do you have for us? Lawrence, do you have a question? Yeah, so there was a mermaid in the movie? I was hoping you wouldn't do that. And then I heard Robert Pattinson in there, and all I could think of was like, oh, Batman slash Edward. Yeah. What? Yeah. So what was his role in the movie really? Like? So in this movie it's about two lighthouse establishment uh workers who are maintaining a lighthouse for like I think it was a month in the movie and eventually things go wrong and eventually things keep just keep getting worse and worse and worse until eventually it just ends. Okay, so the whole movie takes place at the lighthouse. Yes. Yeah, it, the lighthouse is on an abandoned rock in the middle of the ocean. I see. So yeah. Did they take? I don't want to. So say they that. had to they take a ferry out there. Okay. Yeah. And they said, "Hey, here's enough supply for a month, and there's like an emergency supply just in case." And um, apparently, in the movie, they don't come after a month. They they they're late or something stupid happens because there's a storm that comes across the the lighthouse mm-hmm. on the Ooh. island, and so eventually they get stranded on the island. Oh, uh, okay. So wait, when you say stranded on the island, you, they got stranded at the lighthouse island. Yeah. Yep. So here's something I want to guess: Is it possible that? The people who were in charge of coming back for them, that they just assume they died in the storm. Well, that'd be really rude of them. Yeah, it would be rude. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking right now, because uh, unless they're horrible people, I don't think they just leave them there. So all I'm thinking is, like, how, place how, how bad was the storm? It, was, it looked pretty bad. It gets okay, to a point yeah. where like, it flooded the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. They probably thought they died in the lighthouse, and that's why they didn't come back to give them supplies. They're like, well, it's bad. So, mm. so that, that's, my, that's my guess slash theory educated guess however you want to call it but that's what i would say for that maybe but it's complicated <laughs> yeah, um, it's like movie, the 1930s or something like what, that it's like it? the 1890s or oh 1890s like. it's really way late, late. Way late. yeah, was, yeah was it an amb- oh yeah sorry yeah, go ahead no go ahead but was it an ambiguous ending or did they straight up tell you what happened oh no he, he gets eaten by seagulls oh wow he's See? yeah he's wow. on the rock alive by seagulls yeah how did he get how do you like how do you lose a fight to a seagull like well, first you fall down a, a flight of stairs. Yeah. Oh, okay. So his legs got broken. They just went to town. They just started eating him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, and yeah. he just couldn't get away. Well, like to be fair, he's at the end of the movie. He finally goes up to the lighthouse and mm. he touches the light, and it turns out to be too overwhelming. So he ends up 
Like that's one way to put it. Yeah, he oh. touched a flaming light. Yeah, it's so overwhelming. No, he burned his hands yeah, off, thinking too. it was a like a beacon or something. Yeah. Well, it is a beacon technically, but you can get overwhelmed by touching some hot stuff. <laughs> Did he want to touch it because he was going crazy from being yes. alone? Oh, okay. Yeah. So was there? There's two people initially, right? Yes. Yeah. Did William one of them Defoe. die? Willem Dafoe and Robert well, I think he got. I think William Dafoe's character got axed in the head. He did. Oh, Willem Dafoe got axed in the head. Yeah, yeah, yes. by Robert Pattinson's character. Oh, okay, because they were both going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. I think William Dafoe's character was Wait. already a little bit um <laughs> is this out where, there. <laughs> is this where that one meme comes from? Which one? The one where he's where Willem Dafoe's like looking up at like the light. Uh, I don't I'm think so. Sure. No, yeah. okay. I think isn't that meme in color? <laughs> it is in color. <laughs> of course, it is in color. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's your giveaway. It's in black white movie. But yes, okay. Axe in the head. You said this movie came out what year? Twenty nineteen. Oh really? Oh, yeah. oh okay. I thought it was gonna be old. Okay, never no. Mind. I was gonna be like, oh, is Robert Pattinson a kid in this or no? <laughs> no, because it's like you know. he does play the rookie in this movie though. He I is. See. He is like the support role. What would you say? Or is he? He's no, a William Dafoe's a support role. I think Robert Pattinson mm. is the main character. Okay. I'm sorry, James. I don't want to be be a mean person. Are you saying William Dafoe? It's William Dafoe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I heard James say William like two times. Willem. Don't tell Willem Dafoe that or he'll get mad. Just cut every single time I say the words William, (laughs) just leave the word Dafoe in. (laughs) Um, It's a command. uh, So my first question is, what did you guys, what did you guys think of that ending? Um, I, I'll be honest. I saw this movie first in theaters when it came out in 2019. And I loved everything about this movie on initial watch, aside from the ending at first, because I thought it was a little, it felt kind of just, it happened. Like, it just felt like, it was like, it had ended. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I walked out of the theater, and I was like, okay, I really liked everything about this movie, but the ending, I feel like I still have to think about it a few more times. And then when I rewatched it again for this episode, I felt like it made sense, because I feel like it, it really, spoiler alerts, but at halfway through the movie... You know, it, they spoil that. That's literally what happens. He he tells he places an old timey curse on Robert Pattinson's character, and then you find out like that's exactly what happened. So it, 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 I I like it now. I like the ending. Yeah. What what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was more of like it's just a cabin fever movie. I don't know if it's there's an actual curse going on. Yeah. But I mean, I, I can see why you could say that. But I think it's just a cabin fever movie, and it's a really good one at that. I'm I'm a sucker for black and white movies too. So. Like a uh, recent one that came out was a uh, Werewolf by Midnight, the Marvel film. I thought it was pretty good, but this this film, I really like this film. Like I love the obscurity of, or not the obscurity of it, but the uh, uniqueness of it, the uh, the use of just stupidly weird pra- practical effects. The mermaid, man, that was weird. <laughs> like where did that come from? So wait, James, I gotta ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So you, from the way you just explained it, you don't think it was supernatural what was happening in the film? Nah, I think it was just in his head. You think it was all just sort of a coincidence? Yeah, yeah. I think really? he was just going crazy. Really? He was going stir crazy. Okay, yeah. I, that's where I differ. I genuinely think that it was like, it, like, I think he started it when he like grabbed the seagull, went to town on it, and then afterwards, <laughs> all the bad stuff ended up happening to them. And was like, okay, yes. But he also started drinking a lot of alcohol. Yeah, that's and true. Like the days were really mixed in with each other, right? They're like, you don't know how long has been. He's like, and even the captain was like, or William Defoe, he was like, oh, you don't know how long you've been here, do <laughs> you? God, I love, I love the sailor accent. So good. The so acting good. is so good. And yeah. then you know, for my opinion, I believe that it was supernatural. I think like William Defoe's character maybe just was in tune with Neptune or the sea, whatever, and was just able to place a curse on Robert Pattinson's character just because he could. Just an angry old man. Uh, <laughs> Another thing I really want to touch upon this movie is like how it doesn't really, like it, I can't. It can be sort of like classified as horror, 
but it also can be kind of like a dark comedy. It could also be like a suspense thriller. It's like this movie isn't really something that can be pigeonholed, which I really liked about it because it was just it touched on a bunch of topics or a bunch of different genres without kind of getting lost in either of them. So I really like that about this movie. I felt like it was a good jack of all trades without sacrificing any of the quality. So that's what I really liked about it. What'd you guys like, or what'd you like about it, Gav? So one of my favorite things about this movie is how claustrophobic the entire thing is. I mean, you have a perfectly square um, aspect ratio. I think it's like one point one nine by one, and so like the entire time, not only are their characters feeling claustrophobic because they're locked up on this island and just have each other, but you feel just as tense and locked up as them you can't see everything in the frame you can't see everything that they see and so you're freaking out they're freaking out they're tripping on kerosene the entire time and so there's just no establishment of what's even real and so everything you see you can't necessarily trust there's four actors in the entire film and there's two characters in the entire thing and they're just insane and they just feed off each other's insanity and try to they try to replicate each other's insanity and try to go over the top well willem dafoe's character decides to curse him with poseidon and then robert pattinson's like all right i am fond of your lobster and you know (laughs) stuff like that and so it just and but it just slowly spirals more and more and willem dafoe gatekeeps this just beacon of heat it's it's just the lamp of the lighthouse yeah but the fact that he's gatekeeping it the entire time makes you as the audience curious okay well what is he doing up there and it makes pattinson curious because Okay, well, if I if there's no other room on this island for me to explore, I have to see what's up there. And Defoe's character is just so vehemently defensive of it, and there's just no reason for it. But mm-hmm. that's what's brilliant about so it. So, do you think this is a supernatural film or is it a stir crazy film? It's a stir crazy film. Oh. I don't think there's any Two supernatural. To one. Oh no! <laughs> Especially because I mean, there's this instance of karma where Pattinson beats the <laughs> seagull <laughs> into a rock yeah, yeah but that's him just going insane and then eventually you get the cycle of life he you know breaks his leg falling down the entire lighthouse and stumbles outside well the birds gotta eat they don't have any of the food supply to pick off of them so they'll just pick them mm. and so they just go to town on that okay mm-hmm. well from my even though i haven't seen the film from my own t- intuition from what i've heard I, this also does sound like a fever film it whatever the term is like not supernatural Stir crazy, Stir uh, crazy. St- uh, cabin fever cabin yeah. fever yes I th- yeah i think it does both but i also no, don't, you know. don't switch up now you said no, supernatural. No, 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 no. <laughs> i think it's both no i think it's both it's just like i i do i still believe it's like still supernatural elements to it it's just not i can as i can see why that would be though because the, yeah. the mermaid thing is a bit weird yeah so and also willing to turning into a mermaid and then turning into a weird tentacle monster <laughs> Wait, not, Willem, not Willem Dafoe turned into Willem, Yeah, Willem Dafoe turned yes. into these, these things while he was on top of them. Lawrence, watch The Lighthouse. Watch I The Lighthouse. I will now. You should yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. Oh, so I want to ask, Gavin, what was your favorite scene in the movie? It's definitely them arguing, and Dafoe gets this, this confident monologue. strike of, I am one of the Greek gods' vessels, and I will strike thee with Poseidon's wrath. And Damn it, that was one of my favorites. The yeah. entire time, Pattinson's just like staring at him. It's so I think it's one shot. Too. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. all one scene, and yeah. it's like it's all just one frame. And of Willem Dafoe, Dafoe is going, he that crazy kills and, it. And that, that was all because of he's like didn't like Robert Pattinson's character didn't like Willem Dafoe's cooking. Yep, and that's what caused all that. Is, we got the greatest monologue in the past, maybe five years. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a sailor f- movie unless he, that he unless he mentioned Elmo's fire. 
If you guys know what Elmo's Fire is. I don't know what that is. I do not know what that is. Oh, no. Do you know what Elmo's Fire is? I've heard of it. And I remember its relation to the film, but I can't. So Elmo's Fire is a a phenomenon that happens to um, old ships with sails and stuff like that when lightning is about to strike it and the ropes catch on fire a little bit. And then that's called Elmo's Fire. Not not Elmo, the little red guy from Sesame Street, of course. The Elmo, St. Elmo. So, like, the ropes will burn and just kind of start... Like I thought that was a fun just fact. <laughs> like the entire monologue, I was like, he's gonna say something about almost fire, because this is. <laughs> and he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. He, okay. he did. He's. I forget what exactly it was, but I heard it. All right, I think that's is that enough lighthouse. Well, I just want to add one little thing about mm-hmm. why the lighthouse is like one of my is a movie that means a lot to me. It's because when this came out in 2019, there was a lot of blockbusters and like cinematic universes coming out in 2019. We had Game of Thrones season eight. We had the Rise of Skywalker at one point. Uh, we also had uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, the second yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, I think at the time, personally, I was just like, I felt so overwhelmed with like all these massive IPs just constantly everywhere. And I just kind of like felt like I was a little out of it. I felt a little jaded. But then like this movie came out of nowhere. I remember seeing the trailer for it and just getting so pumped up. And then when I finally watched it in theaters, I was like, this was a complete breath of fresh air. I love this movie. I love the acting between Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. I think personally, Willem Dafoe is the stronger actor in this movie, but they're still both phenomenal performances altogether. And when I walked out of the theater, I was like, I felt really good because I just, I felt, I knew I just watched a really great film. First time in a long time, I walked away just feeling completely satisfied leaving a theater. And that's mm-hmm. why I love this movie so very much. It's a good take. I like that. I got one last thing I'll throw in. And he's the unsung hero of this movie, but Robert Eggers is one of the greatest directors of our generation, he's, bar he's, none. He's proven strong, yeah. This entire film, uh, there's just these weird, wacky shots that you would never conceive, like where Pattinson goes up to paint the lighthouse and they hoist the camera up behind him. Mm-hmm. And it's just little details like that where you also get this sense of elevation where something could go wrong at any minute. The camera could fall. Pattinson could fall. Eggers just keeps the audience just at like just as tense as the characters in the scene, and he does it so brilliantly. Mm. So nice. I think we can all um, agree. Huge recommendation. Absolutely, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. All right, let's on, let's move on to the uh, the beef of this episode. The beef. The the beef, the potatoes, and everything. Okay. Mulholland Drive. Yes. So yeah. Mulholland Drive is a. I don't know how famous this movie is, but I know it's a David Lynch film. That I guess it's pretty famous. In fact, I have David Lynch here with us right now. Um. Hang on. Uh, David, could you just tell us what day it is? It's October 21, 2022. And if you can believe it, it's a Friday once again. Thank you, David. <laughs> Classic. Classic, David. Good to have you in the studio, Good David. That's <laughs> all he had time for. He's a really busy dude. Oh, I think. Okay. Bye, David. Uh, bye, bye, Mr. Lynch. <laughs> He's got a weather report to get to. Uh, Mulholland Drive. I'm well, su- you guys watched it. Yes. Okay. Well, um, what did you guys think you were getting into when you first looked it up? Well, for one thing, I almost didn't find it looking it up because it was listed on the website that I watched it on as like DR rather than literally Drive. So that as that was just an interesting fact I wanted to throw in, but anyway, expecting going into this movie, I expected it to be horror. I did not see how it was horror or really even thriller at all. What? Like it just you, felt. You, did, you didn't feel a bit of suspense. No, like I mean, Gavin told me it would be very trippy, and I would leave it thinking like, "What the truck?" You know, <laughs> and that is indeed what happened. But. I walked in there, I'm like, okay, so it's like a like a murder mystery or someone goes missing, but it's just 
different story. I'm not saying I think it was written bad or anything, but it's different storylines like coming full circle. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, that's the guy we saw earlier. And then, but I just didn't. I didn't feel the suspense. Other than, can I can I say something from the from the movie? Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Okay, You're the spoilers. only scene where I felt like any type of suspense was when they went to go find Diana, and then she was dead in the bed. Other than that, everything was just like, oh, she doesn't know who she is, and she's trying to help her regain her memory, and she's trying to be an actor. Like, there are there are certain themes in this film that you need to like. I think you need to watch it after I. We'll, we'll get into what the theme of the film was and see it in a second. See, because uh, like I'm not a film person. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a person who watches films. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. this is a film person's movie. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is a film's person's. This is like a film person, film person's friend movie. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Um, what would you? What were you expecting going into this, Gab? So, one of my favorite movies of all time is Eraserhead, and I love David Lynch's directory. And he's such a bizarre human being, but he's also so likable. But all of his movies are like dreams, and they're like fever dreams for the most part. And so I knew that I would be getting into something weird and trippy. I hadn't seen the movie before I had talked to Lawrence about it, but I had told Lawrence, it's going to be weird. It's going to be trippy, and you probably won't know what it was about. And I put so much effort into trying to figure out every single theme that I could, and I had guessed a couple things right. I don't, I didn't look up anybody's interpretations of it, but... I'm pretty sure I got everything that I thought I was going to get. What did you get? What What were your guesses? I need to hear these. Before we even go into that, can you guys explain briefly what the plot of the film is? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> all I can tell you, all I can tell you is the person who I think was I- implied to be the protagonist uh-huh. wanted to be an actress, and then she met a woman who got into an accident and got amnesia. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> And then there's a nice landlord lady. Yeah. All right, Gav, what's the plot of this film? So this movie is about the horrors of Hollywood. Is that um, what it is? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so essentially what happens is an aspiring actress goes to L.A. for the first time and stays at her aunt's cabin or at her aunt's apartment. And in her aunt's apartment is a woman who had been struck with amnesia after an assassination attempt had happened on her life on Mulholland Drive. The main character, Betty, played by Naomi Watts, is meeting with this woman and trying to get her to understand who she really is. And every single time they come into a detail of, oh, you might remember this from your past life, it doesn't lead where they expect it to. And it doesn't lead where the audience expects it to either. And so the entire time, the main characters are trying to figure out who they are. The audience is trying to figure out who the main characters are. And it just reverberates through the entire film. Oh. That's a good uh, plot synopsis. That's very thorough, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what about you, Stephen? So, yeah. Um, what was your, the plot in this movie for you? This was also the first time I'd watched this film. It was also the first time I'd ever watched a David Lynch film. Well, his very a serious film, because I'd watched the monkey short he did for Netflix. <laughs> and I was like, that was kind of funny. But this is like the first feature David Lynch film that I'd watched. And I honestly, I had a hard time kind of keeping up with it, too. I thought, like, I feel like I need to watch this again to, like, fully think cohesively and comprehensively what I just watched because it did like I, I, Gavin you said it pretty well that these movies are like David Lynch films are supposed to be filmed like dreams especially fever dreams and I feel like I just sat through a fever dream the first time I watched it but I know that if I watched it a second time I'd probably get a better experience and be able to think more about what I just watched because on a first initial watch I was I'll be uh, on, Lawrence honestly Pro- same I was pretty confused as well right <laughs> probably on the same page as Lawrence yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> but no, I definitely want to rewatch this again because I feel like maybe I'll get something, you know, something I didn't get the first time on an, inish- on an initial watch. 
that I'll get on a second watch. So I'm I do want to watch this again. One thing I will say is because I've heard from you both that David Lynch apparently does the whole fever dream thing on purpose. If he is doing that on purpose, that is he does a really good job at that because like mainly the scenes with that one director character, he all the everything he does just seems like something you could vaguely remember seeing someone do in a dream and then you just don't question it or maybe even you'll do it in the dream yourself like the scene where he gets the jewelry box and just pours paint there mm-hmm. or when he meets that guy and he's just like and they don't even come back to that do they what the cowboy yeah him the ca- oh. no the cowboy comes back really okay in the I, end of the film okay yeah. i missed that but yeah even that just having that conversation with him that's those are the type of things where when you're in the dream you just don't question it but then you wake up and you're like, why did I? Why, why did was I, I so casual about yeah. that? You know. <laughs> so yeah, seeing those fever dream type um, scenes, he did nail that a lot. If that's what he was going for. So yeah, that's something I noticed while watching it. I want to ask you guys a quick question. Uh, what was your guys' favorite scene in the movie? You uh, had one. I liked when he poured the paint in her jewelry box. <laughs> that why, was. Why was it? Why oh, was weird. that your favorite scene? Because number one, she deserved it. Number two, it was hilarious. This was after he met Billy Ray Cyrus, which, by the way, what a weird cameo. <laughs> yeah. That was what Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, it was yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Yeah. You didn't own. recognize him. You didn't recognize the achy, breaky heart guy. I, I, I will, but, well, to me, Billy Ray Cyrus is Miles Cyrus is dead. Oh, so I, I, I said the same thing, Lawrence. I'm sorry, okay. Right. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. thing. I know he's his own person, but like that's who he is to me. It's like when you say Tom Holland, like, oh, you mean Spider Man? Oh, like, no, Billy Ray Cyrus is is a co- famous country artist. Billy Ray Cyrus is also Miley Cyrus's dad. So, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Here is my interpretation of this movie. <laughs> Let's go. So. Um, we have two characters, Diane and who else? Diane is the aspiring R- actress. Rita. Right? I don't remember and her Rita real name. We have Betty and Rita. So was Rita her actual name in the end? Okay, or? so <laughs> Rita, this is this is Rita's nightmare. Basically, we're inside Rita's nightmare. That's this isn't real. Movie. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Lawrence not real. is so blown away. <laughs> See, that's why I was so. Co- I'm sorry to cut you off, Dave. Yeah. That's why I was so confused at the end because I'm like, are we in the past or are we just like? No, Rita woke up. So, okay, so this was a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> Rita, so Rita was auditioning for a part for the director, this director's guy's movie, right? And she didn't get it. And this is basically like the nightmare of her coping with that. She said, oh, my God, I didn't get this part. How did I not get this part? And uh, how did um, Diane get this part? And you remember the part in the movie where the director said, you, you have to pick this girl. You know, remember that scene? This is the girl. Yeah. That's Rita's way of saying she was forced to be picked by some outside force. You all right there, Lawrence? That, okay, hold on. That's Rita's way, Rita's way of seeing that Rita was forced to be picked? No, that Diane was forced to be picked by some outside force. And Diane yeah. was the person that was picked over Rita on a part that she wanted in real life. And then she had that nightmarish dream of... Diane was the girl with the blonde hair, right? Yes. So they were never together. They were never together. It's they, that was only in her in her head. I'm so lost. Right. Yeah, this is I, why I don't watch these. I thought kind Diane of was a real actress who didn't get the role. No, she she. Uh, did I have do I have that the right way around? It's uh. Diane, I might have to cut all this out if yeah. I don't have this right. I feel so <laughs> I much better knowing way. Steven's confused. Also, so yeah. Naomi Watts plays Betty and Diane, while yeah, you know uh, Lori Herring plays around. Rita yeah. and Camila. Yeah. Um, okay. Laura Laura Herring's characters visualize that this blonde actress gets the part because some larger outside force picked them, not because of anything that she could control. And so it's her way of like 
denying that there was any credence that somebody else could be better than her. See, I was also confused on whether Betty and Diane were the same actor. I didn't bother to Google it, but yeah, I was like, is that a different person with the same hair color? Or nah, okay. it's, it was literally like inner inner nightmare. Okay, which That's I thought towards the end of the movie, I think they, I think uh, was it Diane that was ch- chased around by like little weird old people? Yes, Diane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a nightmare. She, it's based inside of a nightmare, and I think there are other scenes like non-plot uh, developing scenes, like the the diner scene, for example. What'd you guys think of the diner scene? The original diner scene with like the two. When dudes? they're inside of Winkies. There, the so guys. there's two different diner scenes at that Winkies. The first there's one. The, oh, the first there's one. the two dudes. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. So that one, that character comes back, the character that was experiencing nightmares, and it kind of tipped me off to like Lynch heavily leaning into this idea that like we are in, we are in somewhere that isn't necessarily real. And one of the things that I really appreciated about that scene was the fact that these characters are acting like they don't know how to act. And Lynch is a really good director, and so I could pick up that that was intentional. And so as the scene develops, you just start to question, why are these guys acting this, like, odd? And then when they come back later, they're acting like normal people. I want to change my favorite part of the movie, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the scene where that one guy uh, tried to assassinate a person, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he kept he kept failing, and then having to do extra steps. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. that's yeah. just me in everyday life, just doing unnecessary stuff, and then having to fix those unnecessary <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, I was laughing my ass off when he just like kept making things worse every time he was like, after he killed the guy. And then the bullet went to the next room and hit the lady. And she's like, something bit me. <laughs> and he's like, I got to take her out, too. Oh, and then no. the, the cleaner guy sees him. He's like, I need help to take care of this lady. <laughs> and then <laughs> it all gets progressively worse. It all gets progressively worse. I was just laughing because I was just like, it was uh, just like one of those dark comedy skits that's just so funny. <laughs> and it never comes up in film again, I don't think. But yeah, I was going to see. I was going to bring that up again, too, because I was being like, did that come back up in the film and I just didn't notice it or? Nope. I think okay. my favorite bit about that scene was when at the end he shot the vacuum cleaner and then it ended up saying the far, fire alarm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, OK. Um, so is I have, I have it written down here. It was was it a nightmare all along or was it just a vision of cope? Was it copium? <laughs> That's a question for Gavin. I think there's two ways to look at this movie. I think that one way to interpret this film is that it's a very real commentary of what Hollywood is actually like. Mm -hmm. And I have it written down. Lynch, who actually lives near Mulholland Drive in real life, said that you feel like you feel the history of Hollywood is on that road. And knowing that that was like one of the few things, because he rarely speaks about the meaning of his films, um, if ever. Knowing that that's like one of the few things that he's attributed to the movie, it, that that was an immediate set off for me, and so I think this is his way of commentating on things that people like Harvey Weinstein had been doing in Absolutely. the Hollywood industry. Yeah, this was like this movie came out in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So way before the um, Me Too stuff. So yeah, I agree with that. That's definitely one. There's definitely like the main point of it. But there's also like how the movie was constructed. Like, is it visual cope or is it a nightmare? I think it's like it's a nightmare all the way through till the very end, at least. And then reality starts setting in, right? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I want to point out on this too is Naomi Watts as an actress kills it in this movie mm-hmm. because you can see the moment that the nightmare like is over and that real people start to act because this entire time she's playing up, oh, we're gonna get you. You know, she's very like animated and cartoonish in the way that she delivers her it's lines. It's very cheesy in that Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the second that she really. auditions 
is like she immediately flips the switch and starts acting like professional actors do mm-hmm. and that switch is like immediate and you can just see it it's, in her eyes and the really character yeah. and that was meant to add to the fever dream effect right? <laughs> okay. it's meant to yeah. differentiate the two yeah also i was not aware that this movie was rated r upon watching it oh <laughs> so you were very surprised and oh, yes about that. <laughs> i was i'm happy i did not watch it in public uh, just well that. this is not a movie you'd want to watch in public oh no. i can see that now <laughs> yeah you're watching it on the bus or something like <laughs> no 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 um, all right, well, final rating. What do you guys think? Out of 10. I can't really give it. Okay, I'll, I'll give one. Confused out of 10. I, 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 I was like, I, can't, I don't think I can give a proper rating if I don't understand it. It's like when you ask me to rate a food that I don't like, you know? Don't, food don't. that you don't understand, you mean? Yes, <laughs> yes. If you don't like the food, it's one out of 10. <laughs> okay. If you can't understand the food, that's something you're, That's something weird. That's like, something different, you know? Like, uh, you can edit this out, but it's like, <laughs> if I'm not a fan of salsa, like, you can't ask me to rate in the salsa competition, you know what I mean? But I, I'm gonna gonna give... A number. No one crucify me on this. All right, because like I said, I was very lost while watching the film. I'm going to give it a uh, six point five okay. off of personal enjoyment. All right. Get However, the nails out. <laughs> it's okay. All all reviews are valid. Yes. It's However, I am not yeah. saying this movie was bad. I'm talking about like I would recommend you watch it again. Uh, I, That's I, what I'm I probably do. will. <laughs> But yeah, this rating is like how I enjoyed it upon watching it. It's not my rating on the film altogether because. I always tell people like just because you like don't like something or don't understand does not mean it's bad. So yeah, on personal enjoyment, I'm gonna give this film a six point five. Gab, I'm going solid nine point five out of ten. Oh. Loved it. I love yeah. interpretive films, and this entire film was a mystery. And another quote that I had written down from Lynch is, "A mystery is one of the most beautiful things in the world." And he did a really good job at painting a mystery that is so puzzling, but just so much fun to dissect. I'm not sure if you're all aware of this, but I also I am also not a fan of ambiguous endings of movies. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. See, like the ending of Mulholland Drive gives me gives me chills. The ones yeah. that are in the theater, they're like crying. Oh my god, that's like yeah, it's so chilling to me. But like books, games, all of that. I died. If you hit me with that, oh, did they die? Mm. Did they do? <laughs> no. Tell me what happened. I'm paying you for the book. I want you to give me an ending, please. <laughs> but that's me. That's just me. Okay. But it's the ending that never ends. It gives so much it to the audience. It's whatever I want you want it to, want to end. Be, That's the thing. I don't want it to be what I want it to be. Make the ending. <laughs> <laughs> you like a nice ending. A nice yes. tied up ending. Yes. Tied up. This has been an episode of Cinema Obscura. Thank you, James. Goodbye. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you. And thank you, Gavin. Thank you. And I'm Steven. See you next time. <laughs>